I'm Bay, and you're listening to Bay Baltimore, a weekly pop culture and society podcast recorded downtown Baltimore, <laughs> in downtown Baltimore. This episode, I, well, okay, so I'm coming to you now just before I watch Black Adam, which is now on um, HBO Max. And so I want to give you what I'm expecting before I watch it. And then when I come back, I will have watched it and I will talk about my feelings about the the project. Um, A full disclosure, I don't know much about Black. I've never heard of, of this superhero before. I don't know anything about it. The last time I heard that... Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was going to play um, something like a a larger than life character. It was going to be Big John Henry, but that was like two two at least two years before the pandemic. He, I guess, invested in this project, this overall project that was supposed to give voice to black creators, specifically creating or at least bringing to to the big screen um, Black American myths and legends. And if you've grown up in the United States, I, I guess I assume that you know this. Especially, well, I don't assume all folks from uh, that grew up in the United States know this, but if you're Black, the likelihood of you knowing this is, is higher. And if you're from the Midwest, you probably know this as well. But Big John Henry, the myth about him and um, his big blue ox. Oh, no, that was. That was the other guy that had the big blue ox. But Big John Henry. It's it's, it's not the cleanest um myth or legend but 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 here it is so um big john henry was so big that he could take a sledgehammer and drive a nail um one of those nails for the railroad it's a railroad story a lot of black folks found freedom on the railroad even when they were porters even when they were relegated to being only porters and literally working on the railroad a lot of specifically black men found a lot of freedom this is real found a lot of freedom on the train a lot of not just black folks though poor people found a lot of freedom working on the train because as as a worker you got you got to travel even if it was out of your town you got to travel um which was more than most folks could do in the 50s and 60s, for the most part, you, you needed to still have, and, and part of this, actually still unto this day, um, the train, well, and and um, airplanes afford you the opportunity to travel that you might not be able to have outside of working for them, you know, depending on your socioeconomic background. Anyhow, so at the turn of, think, turn of the century, and the best way to drive stakes, that's what it was, to drive stakes through these 
stakes that held the tracks down for lack of a better term was to literally have people working on the railroad you remember life if you ever watched life and you see them working on the railroad digging moving rocks for the track for the tracks and things like that if you've ever watched old documentaries about prison gangs not prison gangs but prisons and having people on the chain gang again not too dissimilar to um the roots of uh, uh, chaining uh, captured um runaway uh i gotta turn my language around but what i'm trying to say is runaway slaves runaway black american slaves or black enslaved people that's what i want to say runaway black enslaved people would be captured sometimes captured and then sometimes they were just taken from the plantation and anyway chained together you remember watching Django and Chains and how Jamie Foxx's character was chained to other folks and they were marched in the very beginning marched across this cold tundra or cold wilderness um Anyway, they were chained together. That's not unlike the same tactics that that are used even to this day um, in the prison industrial complex, Um, which is why slavery is another form of, or excuse me, um, incarceration is another form of slavery um, for the way that, anyway, that's a whole other conversation, but like, just know that (laughs) that, uh, um, incarceration has its roots in slavery. In, in black enslaving black Americans um, before they were American. Anyway, well, before they were considered American. Anyway, um, and so you see life, you watch life, you watch those old documentaries of prison chain gangs and, excuse me, and um, you see that they're often working on the railroad and that they are driving stakes into the the railroad tracks or repairing them as a way to keep them keep them together and so the myth of big john henry is that he was so big and he was so strong that he could take a single a sledgehammer that looked like nothing in his hand and with one swing drive a stake completely to the bottom to 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 the ground um, whereas a normal human being would take them several swings to do so. And so the myth of Big John Henry comes in where he's about to be obsolete. It's like a tale from the from the 1920s or so um, talking about don't make us obsolete because, you know, that there's all in industries in time and memoriam, there's always been a call to not put people out of work while at the same time being a business person, capitalism is the root of all evil. And so you want to make higher profit. And so you do that by cutting your expenses. And what's a way to cut your expenses? Automate things or at least improve the technology so that you don't have to pay a physical human, uh, a human being to do this work or fewer human beings to do this work, which is again, why a lot of companies turn to the, uh, uh, prison industrial complex to outsource the the making of their clothing furniture stores um uh, pillowcase and and um sheet making manufacturers often turn to um especially in the united states often turn to uh prisons to outsource that 
manufacturer. License plates, everybody is familiar at this point that license plates notoriously were, I don't know if they still are, but were um, stamped at prisons. Just fill in the blank. Um, A lot of uniforms are made at prisons. Um, Just follow the money. Anyhow, um, but nevertheless, so automation, the, the tale of this, of Big John Henry is that automation is the devil for the most part. Um, and so, and big business is always trying to put, is always trying to snatch the little man, the, the money earning opportunities from the little man. And so Big John Henry was, I can do this so fast. I can beat, there, there was this invention in the myth. There's this invention that has come out that is able to do the work of a single man driving uh, stakes into the train tracks to repair them. And so I guess, I don't even remember how this came about. It's been a minute since I've uh, read this or heard this uh, folktale before. But um, somehow or another, there was a contest between Big John Henry and the this machine that's uh, supposed to drive stakes into in the ground for railroads. And the idea was whoever does it faster ultimately takes over doing the work for this particular railroad line. Um, and so anyway, so the contest starts and Big John Henry, long story short, like it, they're going back and forth, Big John Henry and this machine. And... At the end, it's like they they have to hammer, I think, a mile's worth of stakes. And so, long story short, Big John Henry, a court, you know, of course, you would know that the 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 legend is is going to be victorious for him. But it's like a pyrrhic victory because he beats the machine. He drives more stakes into the ground than the machine was able to do in the allotted time. But if I'm remembering correctly, Big John Henry dies at the end. So I guess I don't really know. Like, I guess it's like a double meaning in the in the film in the in the myth. If I'm remembering correctly, the the first part is automation is always trying to take the job of the little man. Excuse me, I keep yawning through this. Um, automation is always trying to take the job of the, of the working class person, but business own in, in their quest to uh, make cut expenses and increase their their um, revenue, they're putting people who need to earn for their family out of work. But they're also not training these folks to do other things like they the the. It wouldn't have been a very entertaining um, uh, folklore, folktale, if the business people or the scientist or the, the, the mechanical engineer who created the device taught Big John Henry how to do it. That wouldn't be very American. Uh, that, you know, that would not be very um, like the United States because we have so many parallels of that happening. We eliminate... We want to reduce coal and our coal production. But there are whole states like West Virginia that were built on coal mining. 
and whole towns who are supported by the local coal mine, yet there aren't too many, although there are now, but in the in the 80s and 90s when, when the industries knew that coal was going to go away, or at the very least not be as popular, a fossil fuel, um, there were no efforts to retrain folks in these coal mining towns. None. No efforts to retrain them to do other things. I, there are efforts that are, exist now, but I don't know. I, so I guess I, I guess there's a that's in there. Also, you as one person trying to go against big corporations, you might end up winning, but it might cost you your life. And are you ready for that? Because it, it feels like a very proletarian sort of uh, socialist, not proletarian, but very socialist. Um, well, not even really, because Big John Henry for Big John Henry. Um, although I guess if I'm missing aspects of the myth, Maybe he was doing it for him and all his comrades to not lose their job. Um, And so to that degree, maybe it was a socialist uh, conversation or commentary. Anyway, it came about in the 20 in the in the 1920s or so. And I just distinctly remember this like you did all of that and then you died. That's what I remember thinking about Big John Henry. And I know that's a gross oversimplification, but that as a child, that's what stuck out to me. And I remember hearing about Big John Henry when I was in like second grade. I don't know if they teach that to the children uh, now, but I remember hearing about him when I was in like the second grade. Um, And so anyway, the reason why I told that whole story was because the last time I remember hearing uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson being any sort in any sort of uh, mythological figure film was when he was supposed to adapt a modern version of Big John, Big John Henry. And so for him to be starring in this film as the lead for uh, Black Adam, a superhero I've never heard of before, which is not super strange for me because I, I stopped paying attention to Marvel at, well, I used to pay attention to DC Comics. I really stopped paying attention to them after the X-Men cartoon. After I stopped watching the X-Men cartoon, I really didn't pay attention to them except for the big screen. And so, and again, of course, it was the the um, X-Men that I really flocked to because it was a piece of media that I enjoyed even as a child. And, and I, that was one of the only superhero comic books I had ever read, only it wasn't superhero, super mutant, but you get my meaning. That was one of the few comic books that I read as a child, the X-Men one. So, of course, I would be loyal to that franchise, but I had never heard in my life until I started to see promo of the film. I'd never heard of in my life, Black Adam. Um, and, and so I'm not invested enough in comic book um, mutants and superheroes to tell you who's better, DC or Marvel. I just know that Marvel these days has the better movies. Yep, that's all I got. I don't, or for me, the more popular and seemingly better films. That's all I got. Like, the, the that's my reference point. Uh, uh, Suicide Squad, although entertaining, never, never, um unless I'm tripping, has never risen to the 
box office, uh, not fame, but you know what I mean, success of Panther, Black or uh, Black Panther, um, any of the any of the fill in the blank Marvel. I don't believe that first one was a big flop. The second one was better, but it wasn't it wasn't supremely successful. And I can't even think of any more. And I'm stop because I can't think of any more DC. I mean, maybe I mean all the X Men, Wolverine. That's DC, right? Where's my husband? Who? Where? And I'm not looking it up either. So anyway, I don't know jack about Black Adam. Never heard of him in my life. Um, I'm hearing that people are clowning this film. Um, I'm hearing a whole bunch of chatter actually, but I'm I'm. It maybe it's better for me to go into this thing clean, not knowing too 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 much. I know that he's supposed to be perhaps. I'm thinking it's supposed to be a villain that that the superheroes are trying to turn good. But like something has happened to him at his core and there are reasons for him not to be good at all. That I think that's all I'm gleaning. I don't know if that's true. I know this film is like two hours and some change. It's a very long film. I'm praying that it's entertaining. Um, it came out. I think it came out before Black Panther. And anyway, it got buried in the uh, box office. And now it's on HBO Max. Um, And so, yeah, I really don't know Jack about it other than he's supposed to be uh, a mutant and he's hurt by something. Something, something traumatic in his life has happened. Maybe it Maybe the loss of a wife, loss of a child, the loss of a child. There's, there's some, there's it. The, the um, trailers kind of allude to him losing somebody, and then that that loss, coupled with uh, just being um, antagonized by the leadership, some sort of entity, is what makes him who he is. I don't really know. I also know that he's supposed to be an omni mutant. Or maybe he's not. It the the trailer gives off the impression that he's an omni mutant, that he's like su- super strong, and that this uh, film also is supposed to be uh, engaging other mutants that we know of. I don't really know, but anyway, when I come back, I'll tell it all. Um, but but first, before before I close this off, I do want to say I am never, ever watching Avatar. Do you understand how I'm never watching any of the Avatars? All I need to know is that James Cameron created blue people to mimic several existing indigenous tribes across the globe, maybe even just the United States makes them not only alien, but also makes them have indigenous backgrounds and then has white people playing them. Not And not even not that it's white people, not employed a single native indigenous American indigenous person, a person, period. Not, not one Polynesian or person, not one Polynesian that I know of, not one... Um, um, is Aborigine a 
uh, slur. Not not one person from Papua New Guinea. Not not uh, no none of them. Didn't even didn't even. Mm-mm. And so because because you just refuse to hire casting directors that um, will because you refuse to hire casting directors that put um, employ brown people. Maybe because you think it's I don't really know. But like you set up this whole scenario where these people of color, clearly people, these aliens are oppressed and you have white people playing them. Not only do you have white people playing them, but you like have them the lead alien characters. You have white people playing them. So what is your point exactly? I'm never and they're long too. And in a day and age where you literally have the Ryan Coolers of the world bringing, employing indigenous Mesoamerican, I don't think I can use that, indigenous Americans, no, indigenous people or people with indigenous roots to the Americas and black people in the diaspora actually it's the latinx diaspora and the and the um and the african diaspora oh this is, uh-uh 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 and if you i don't begrudge a person for watching it if you like it for the sake of it being this fantastic sprawling epic fine uh, you you can have that but I'm not going to, but please know you are supporting a film that is supposed to be helping us to find parallels between real life and better and, and, and preaching uh, tolerance and not only tolerance, but leading people alone sort of energy. And you don't got no marginalized members of any significant number in your sprawling epic cast I'm sure is numbered in the hundreds or some big number and you got your leads are all white that's intentional like that's on the other side that's that's just you being anyway I'm never never watching it and I know it's gonna blow up in the box office because blue people and I don't know is even Zoe Zaldana in it is she still in it? I can't believe there's been so much time between the first one and the second one that you ain't learned nothing yet. Ain't learned nothing yet anyway. And so never will you ever, not even if it comes to HBO Max, not even if it comes to the uh, the cable. Absolutely not. You got me. I'm the wrong person for you. I'm not your target audience. I'm not your target demo. Anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest because it just felt good to say. Um, anyway, but when I come back, I will have watched Black Adam and I'm, uh, give my, uh, thoughts on the, on the thing and hopefully remember if my, what I said, what I thought the movie was about. Hopefully I remember that so that I can speak to it, um, in the next segment.
All right. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're listening to the first, it's a little late, but if this is your first time listening, Hey, how are you? Go ahead and rate and review this thing uh, favorably. Share this episode with somebody you think might dig it. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. This is, um, the fifth year that I'm doing this. Um, and well, it's been four going into five. No, no, no. It's five. It's five. Anyway. Um, and I'm just, it's a hobby. I just be doing this because it's something fun to do. Um, and I appreciate you for listening and engaging with me. All right. So in the next segment, it's all about Black Adam. So I just finished watching Black Adam and I see why it went to HBO Max. Um, I'm not going to be before you long. Let me get into the um, particulars. Um, Black Adam, it is, oh girl, now my, my stuff won't act it. Um, it is a film that was released October 21st in the U.S. It has a runtime of two hours and five minutes. I will repeat that. Two hours and five minutes. Um, it was directed by Hume Kule Sierra. A screenplay by the same person. Sorab Noshirvani, Noshirvani, Adam Sitsikiel, Rory Haynes, nominated People's Choice Award, People's Choice Award for favorite movie, actor. Um, look at you being nominated for things. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson nominated for People's Choice Award twice, three different times. Hmm. Sounds like a setup. Anyway, um more on this so it was released in Mexico City on October 3rd on October 21st in the US the budget was 190 to 260 million I don't know why there's a a dash um it received accolades um Dwayne the Rock Johnson did specifically um its budget was 190 to 260 million. It has grossed 391.1 million. So it made its money back. Would you call it a blockbuster? Certainly not. Um, and in fact, according to its Wikipedia, um, by some estimates, failing to recoup its total. Ugh. Wait a minute, I don't understand. So math is math, right? And so let's say the high end of the budget was 260 million. If it recouped 391.1 million, why is it saying that it didn't recoup the cost after marketing and distribution costs? That that's not that sounds like a recoup, just not a not 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 a juggernaut. Anyway, this is considered to be a box office bomb, and I don't know why that is. I guess we would need to redefine what 
a success and a failure is in the box office, but nevertheless. Um, anyway, distributed by Warner Brothers. Um, boy, when I tell you that timing was poor, do you hear me? Poor. Um, because we was, we were planning what we were going to wear to the theater to see Wakanda Forever back early this year. I remember the TikTok sensation of everybody saying, of the black folks saying, black people, let's wear white. In honor of Chad, Chadwick Boseman, obviously. Um, but that was like, what, March? Where we were talking about that? In anticipation of November 11th? The day before the greatest sorority in the whole wide world turned 100 years old? <laughs> anyway. But we was planning our outfits back in March to go see the show on, on November 11th. And so whoever decided that October 21st or even October 3rd was a good idea, sounds fishy to me, sounds like a setup, um, because baby, Wakanda forever, she's not making it to um, HBO within the next month or so. She's, she's not, she, maybe, maybe February, perhaps. She's not, she's not making it. Um, girl, October and already in December, I'm watching you. Mm, sounds fishy. Anyway, um, let me tell you who stars in it. So Dwayne Rock Johnson as Black At. So this is fishy, right? Because I'm looking at the cast and see Google be, be messing y'all up because I'm looking at the cast of this show and Henry Cavill as Superman comes up. I don't know what, I don't know what we're talking about here. Anyway, so Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Black Adam, Sarah Shahi as Isis, which is um, the main woman, um, the heroine, Noah Centineo as Adam Smasher, which was, I will get into the characters in a moment, Quintessa Swindle as Cyclone, um, Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate, and Aldous Hodge as Hawkman. Mm. Who? Anyway, um, needed a moment. Um, anyway, okay, let me, let me, let me keep going. So, I mean, okay, here's the thing. You can still see it in the theaters. I'm looking at it just now on Google. You can see it in the theaters, but it's on TV. Um, it's on, I saw it, I watched it on HBO Max, me and the hubby. And because it's two hours and five minutes, I paused. And I will tell you this before I get into this thing. The last 20 minutes of the program, my husband came in and watched. When I tell you, in those 20 minutes, he did not finish. No, it was more like 30. He did not finish the 30 minutes. He had to go. But when I tell you, he rolled his eyes and did the, at least three times in the what? 10 to 15 minutes that he watched, which told me everything. I have found myself apologizing to my husband who is a both DC and Marvel fan, I will I will let you know. Mostly Marvel. But no, 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 he's DC because Superman. Um, Superman and Batman are on DC, right? So he, he's, he favors DC, but he does Marvel as well. And so anyway, <sighs> yeah, he rolled his eyes. So here we are. Um, 
talking about a pro. <laughs> I, let me just, can I, it's not, I don't like it. I, I don't like the film. I don't like the film. I don't like it. Um, but let me tell you, let me get into the why. All right. So let me, let me read the, let me read the synopsis of this bevy. Okay. In ancient Kandak, Teth Adam was bestowed the almighty powers of the gods. Teth Adam is actually, uh, the rocks, um, Dwayne's, um, character's name, uh, Teth Adam. And Kandak, for all intents and purposes, call that Egypt, baby. Call that North, North, uh, West Africa. I know some folks do not like to put Egypt in Africa, but baby, when you look on a map, I just don't, I, you can't argue with geography. Anyway, so for all intents and purposes, this is, this is the, this feels like Egypt or, or Egypt adjacent, the Nile Basin, um, feels, yeah, feast, feels, um, East African, North, no, Northwest African. Anyway, um, so Teth Adam was bestowed the almighty powers of the gods. After using these powers for vengeance, he was imprisoned, becoming Black Adam. Nearly 5,000 years have passed and Black Adam has gone from man to myth to legend. Now free, his unique form of justice, born out of rage, is challenged by modern day heroes from the Justice Society, Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Adam Smasher, and Cyclone. Let me go ahead and, and just tell you this. These are some bootleg, bootleg, j- j- janky, it's like the, the dollar store version. Cyclone is the dollar store version of Storm. I don't know why we did it. Um, and few, with fewer powers, Storm is an omni mutant. Homegirl just harnesses the power of wind, which is a cool strategy. It's like a cool skill. But you ain't no storm, girl. Anyway, Adam Smasher is trying to be ironic. I guess if you watch the Ant-Man films, which I did not refuse to, just refuse to. It's supposed to be kind of kooky and, and weird. And, and he grows real big and, and, and stuff like that because of some technology. He big. That is his power, that he big. He can get big. Um, Dr. Fate is a seer. Yep. He's a seer and he is a, um, he's got telekinesis or tele, a version of telekinesis um, and teleport. He can create illusions that make it seem as if he can manifest himself um, and those manifestations can cause you harm and can be harmed, but can cause you harm. Um, And then Hawkman. Aldous Hodge is beautiful, but um, that character is sorry. Um, he can fly and he's strong. Yep, that's what we got. Um, and then let's be for real though, Teth Adam feels like an omni, uh, an omni superpower, like an omni uh, um, mutant, but no, he's an omni mutant. He just got angst. And I will say this, why I didn't know that this Black Adam was in the Shazam universe, I'll never know. I will never know. Shazam, literally. Shazam, the kids' movie. Shazam. We're teaching you lessons about uh, power and responsibility. Shazam movie. Black Adam is in the Shazam universe. 
When I found that out, I said, guess what? I'm not. You, you, you darn near lost me, but I hung on for the ride because I, I like to finish what I start. But what? In the shiz- you literally want me to look at this as a grown-up? Like, come on. So I'm like, okay. So he said Shazam in here. First off, okay, let's just dispel. Let me just set aside my snootiness about you trying to pass this child film off or this concept off as an adult comic themed um, concept. Okay, fine. So let me just put that to the side. Even though you played me, let me put it to the side. You mean to tell me that the individuals, the council that determines whether or not a person is worthy to don the or absorb the powers of uh, super being they're otherworldly have been around forever and you mean to tell me that I'm about to give away a plot. Never mind. Never mind. Let me come back to that. Let me, let me, let me, let me I'm about to give away something before I get, get to it. I'm just saying you, you, they ask for a lot. They ask for a lot in this film. Let me come back to, let me, so put a pin in it. I'm going to talk about later. I'm going to talk about the film, but later I'm going to talk about how Teth Adam became Black Adam. Because there was a re- there was a lot there. They just didn't use it right. The writers just didn't do it right. So let so let me back up. So we are in modern day Kondok, which, for all intents and purposes, call it uh, a, any again. It is literally a stand-in for any north. Uh, any urban city in the northwestern part of the African continent. Um, yep, that's that's what we're gonna call it. And so you think of the topography there; it's desert. It's lots of sandy browns. The colors are sandy browns, and the people are brown and got a lot of look Egyptian, like. Northwest African folks. Um, so you might have, um, I mean, a whole host of cultures. African, but nevertheless, whole host of cultures. So just think of the different communities and, and, and ethnicities that are represented in modern day Egypt and, and kind of put it there. And so you, you find that, am I tripping? So I no, I am tripping. So we are at least initially um, told the story of how Black Adam came to be. That there was this, just like what we know to be true, if you read any of the religious texts in of the the, the Abrahamic religions, it tells you that in the uh, northwestern part of Africa and in the peninsula in the um, Mid, what is considered the Mid Eastern uh, Peninsula, 
um, lots of, well, shoot, I mean, it's not even Africa related, it's, or Mid- Middle East related, it's literally how things were that someone in power subjugated another, a group of folks in power subjugated another group of folks in power. Um, and somebody in the, subject, uh, in the group that was subjugating had to have somebody at the top. And so in this instance, we have someone who is in leadership, not leadership, who is, in, is sitting on the throne, dictating, um, dictating, uh, you know, being something like a pharaoh. Just, I'm going to just use those terms, something like a pharaoh. Um, and has, has been told this particular prophecy that should he be able to collect this particular mineral, that him being able to harness this mineral, and it is a him, of course, it's not a woman sitting atop a throne. But anyway, him being able to harness this material would make him otherworldly, would give him an immeasurable power to be able to dominate the world. And so this tyrant of a leader enslaves people who are not a part of his, or just his subjects, to the mines, puts them in the mines to um, and uh, talking about everybody from the children to the, the elderly, puts him in the mines to find this mineral. And there is a child who finds the mineral and is told to turn it in and you get a reward. Um, and this child with this old man, they find it, so they go and they turn it in to the king's guard or whatever. And um, the, the, I guess the, the child gives it to the old man so that the old man can receive the reward. And um, the old man turns it in and the king's guard is like, cool, cool. And then the, 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 I think both the child and the old man are like, so where's my reward? And old dude turns right around and stabs uh, Buddy in the chest. And he dies. And then the child um, somehow or another gets a hold to, in the scuffle, gets a hold to the mineral, this big fat stone that the king is looking for, that the king's guard snatched from the old man and then killed him for, takes it and is, is defiant. And somehow or another, his defiance leads him in front of the king. And the king is going to make an example of the child. And... I will pause here to say in this moment, they have decided that the symbol that would unite the people and unite them around this child and the common cause of freedom against tyranny is essentially the rock sign. Literally, rock nation. Darn near the delta. Darn near throwing up the triangle D that the deltas throw up. Almost, it's almost, it looks like a diamond. In, in parts, it looks like a diamond, depending on how you do your thumbs. And in other parts, it looks like a daggone uh, DST triangle. And I'm saying, of all the symbols that you could throw up, most, if you're not familiar with Black Greek life, you don't know nothing about the, the Delta, the Delta symbol, the, the triangle. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. You might not know if you are not acquainted with uh, Black Greek life. But... Jay-Z and Rock Nation is global. White people know what, what the rock sign is for Rock Nation. Come on. Beyonce said it in her song. Anyway, so but anyway, that was off-putting. Um, and then somehow or another, as the child was getting ready to, to get his the meet judgment, um, 
the powers of Shazam were bestowed upon him. And that's where I almost got up and turned, turned the film off, but I kept it moving. Um, the powers of Shazam were bestowed upon him and, um, and he was able to vanquish the, was able to vanquish the, the, um, you know, vanquish the king and, and then, um, lay waste to all of his soldiers and all of that good stuff. And so here's Black Adam. And then we switch. And what we know is what in the synopsis that now that he met out all his vengeance, he kind of became a, a rage monster. He became a rage monster and kind of wreaked havoc, or at least that's what the, they want you to believe that he was, he, his rage, his, his vengeance which at, at, at this moment in the film feels like it's unfounded. Like, why are you so angry? You, you met out justice against the, the tyrant. Why are you still angry? We don't really learn why he's still angry until much later. Okay, so we move on and we're in present day Kondok. Um, and we see that there is, has been a statue that was erected for Black Adam, but it, because of aid, you know, time and, and winds and all of that stuff and environmental factors, it's wilted to, you can still tell that it's a statue with the big old Shazam lightning bolt across the chest, um, but it's missing pieces and it's badly weather beaten. But you know what it is. Anyway, so Kondok, we're, we meet Isis and Isis's son, um, who are trying to, with her, um, her uh, what we learned to be her brother and another friend, trying to get through this particular checkpoint. And her son um, creates a diversion to allow them to do that. And so they go through it. And then we find that they are in this cave trying to excavate the cave to find, oh, this is what I meant to tell you. So the, the, the long story short, the story that we were told in the beginning is that Black Adam, not only did he vanquish the king, but the king, he vanquished the king before he was able to ascend to his terrible higher plane, higher self, because he had assembled all of the stones and forged a crown. And once he placed the crown on his head, we become a super demon or whatever. Anyway, and so Isis and her son and her brother are, and her, their friend are trying to find this, um, the crown. Um, and I don't remember why they were trying to find the crown apart from trying to not to make sure that it didn't fall into the wrong hands. Okay, and so they're in this they're in this cave and whoop, whoop, whoop. Some bad guys come in who are trying to get the, the crown. Whoop, whoop, whoop. They find the crown. Actually, Isis finds the crown. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And shooting, shooting, shooting. And in the midst of the shooting, 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 Shazam, um, Black Adam is awakened. And Black Adam wreaks havoc. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Beat up a bunch of folks. Blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, we come to know um, that... Isis and Isis's brother's friend is actually the enemy and flash forward. Now the black Adam is in Isis and her brother's place with their son, with her son, uh, Isis's son and black Adam is instead of using the door, he just goes through walls, um, because he's that gangster. Like he know he could use a door 
because they certainly had uh, doors when in his day in Condock, but you know, he too bad. He he's that bad that he just be he just do not care and so he do not care about doors. He do not care about property damage. Um, he do not care about exposing people to the elements. Um, he just be going through walls in order to, uh, insurance don't care nothing about insurance or nothing. Just be going through walls as a means to get from one place to the next. Um, he also flies and stuff anyway. So whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, here come the justice. What do they call themselves? The, who does, who did justice society again, bootlegged out store version of the justice league but whatever um which is so funny because isn't the justice league on dc so why would you make a low rent budget version great value version of justice league if you already got it don't make no sense anyway keeping we're gonna keep especially when shazam referenced batman superman what are we do? anyway it doesn't matter oh no no no! justice league is not dc justice league is marvel right doesn't matter anyway this is a great value version of the justice league anyway um one of these days i'm gonna get my husband on here to talk talk from his perspective because he's into all of that i just i don't know the difference um yep uh, my my I, I said before my interest stopped at uh x-men and then it was more so the comic books. I have an allegiance to the comic books because Gambit was fire and so was Storm. Storm was black. Well, Storm is black always. Um, but Storm was Storm was my girl. Okay. She wasn't she wasn't no look no punk like they try to play her play her out in the movies. Um, she was that deal and Gambit was cool. And Rogue actually was somebody that I actually liked. I never liked her in the movie. She was not a great character in the movies. Um, plus the lady that played her couldn't act. Anyway, she still can't act. And she be getting roles and everything. She stay getting work and she cannot act. She was terrible in True Blood, but whatever. Anyway, um, I mean, she's still getting a check. So what I, I should keep my mouth shut. Moving on. So anyway, whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, I digress. So their friend turns out not to be their friend talking about Isis and her brother hold on let me let me try to anyway so of course my um thing would be freezing at this point and it don't matter um anyway so Isis and her brother's friend turns out to be a bad guy whoop 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 not only a bad guy but he's like trying to get the crown like for realsies and so let me just break up the two hours and five minutes into the first half is them initially Black Adam initially beating up the bad guys and trying to come to terms with this new Kandahar. And then here come, not Kandahar, but uh, Kandak. And then here come um, the Justice Society thinking that he's the bad guy and trying to whoop up on him. And so there's a whole scene where they are uh, whooping up on uh, Hawkman. What we say? Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Adam Smasher, and Cyclone are whooping up on him. Um, and it's to no avail because he's an omni being. He's an omni super, uh, superpower. Anyway, or omni mutant, whatever. Anyway, and so they're trying to come to terms with each other. Like, and Isis is like, you think he's the bad guy, right? Y'all think y'all are so noble. Um, where was y'all when we were getting occupied? Where was y'all for like the last 
decade or more. Where was y'all? Now all of a sudden you want to come because Black Adam is back? What are you talking about? And then, of course, we learn the story of why they're back for specifically Black Adam. Because again, let's just take a step back. All of these superhero, the reason why I liked X-Men, because it kept it real. The X-Men were uh, an allegory for... Uh, the mutants were, the whole thing was an allegory for modern society, right? Even as a child, I knew that. The mutants were were stand-ins for people of color, specifically from my perspective, black folks. And how the dominant culture, dominant American culture, white culture treated black folks. And then as I grew, I understood it to mean black folks and Asian folks or people a part of the Asian diaspora, people a part of the Latinx diaspora, so on and so forth, right? So it's like, it's all about tolerance. Like you cannot escape that. It's all about, not even tolerance. It's all about, yo, we all bleed. We all have, we are totally different, but like we all have the same things that motivate us. Let us live. You want to live? Let us live. You want to, you scared of us? Get to know me first. You know, anyway, so that's why I resonated deeply with the X-Men. I could not get next to Superman and all of them because first off, Batman was just a rich white man meddling everybody's business. Couldn't get next to it. Not for real. Um, except for Michael Keaton as Batman. He was fire. Um, and I tell you every time, who was I rooting for in the Batman series? Joker because he dressed fly. Let's be for real. Um, and Ivy because she she had cool threads and she was she had, could grow things. She had growing hands. Um, so that was fire. Catwoman because she dressed sick and she was that deal and plus Halle Berry played her so whatever I love me some Halle anyway um so yeah so you know so anyway I went on a rant but anyway um but yeah I was always rooting for the villain (laughs) growing up because I'm like I'm just not into this whole good guy bad guy thing and so the good guy bad guy or totally good totally bad guy um theory is played out or conversation is played out in this film it's just not done well it's like a rush job which sounds funny in a two hour and five minute film but yeah it's a rush job um anyway so whoop 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 they make it a truce so that they can go get to the real bad which is uh, isis and her brother's old friend who have now kidnapped her son as a way to get her and the crown to come to them plus black adam Wop, 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 we get there and lots of fits and starts and somehow or another the bad guy actually gets the crown but gets killed in the process but little do you know that that was his intent the whole time because he comes back as a super demon uh, and so the last hour of this whole thing is old dude being a super demon and the Justice Society plus Black Adam and Isis and her brother trying to do what they can to get him up out of here and whoop 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 um oh I am literally telling you the film that's my bad oh well I'll put a spoiler alert in here anyway so long story short in this whole process Cyclone which by the way this the 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 lady that plays Cyclone why in the world that they put two three wigs on that child's head I will never know I will never know because it look a mess um, to me, it look a mess. Also, um, Adam Smasher, worthless, worthless. Um, the only ones that were worth a darn in this whole on this whole conversation is Hawkman and Doctor Fate of the uh, Fate of the Justice Society, 
And even um, Dr. Fate felt like a throwaway character, like literally seeing was his only bag for realsies and stalling people out. Hawkman was just fighting all the time, fighting the wrong people. And, and it just was wild after a certain point. But um, I guess I won't tell you everything so you can watch it if you want to. Um, but long story short, we get to the end. And of course, the, the, the good guys went out and the good guys in this concept is Black Adam, ISIS, and the Justice Society. But some things happen in the process. And so um, there is a very telling moment where Black Adam looks inward and we learn a big fat reason why. Like there's more to the story. Remember I told you that as a child, uh, Shazam, the, the powers of Shazam were put on this child who was about to be executed by the king. Um, there's actually more to that story. Um, yeah, there's more to that story. So I would invite you to watch it. Um, I'll say just skip to the last this last hour and five minutes, not the first. Well, I guess watch the whole thing. But like, maybe this is your bag and I'm doing it a disservice because let's be for real. I'm looking at the reviews and 83% of Google users enjoyed this thing. Um, that said, it's got a 6.5 out of 10 rating on IMDb, 39% um, on Rotten Tomatoes and 41% Metacritic. So it's not doing everything that it needs to do right now. Um, but like, you know, some people like it. And I meant to say, let me, let me read what uh, Rotten Tomatoes is talking about. So 39% um, with, uh, to, on the tomato meter, 283 reviews from critics and 88% uh, fresh audience score out of 5,000 verified all righty, the critics' consensus. Black Adam may end up pointing the way to an exciting future for DC films, but as a standalone experience, it's wildly uneven. It's a wildly uneven letdown, absolutely. Audience says, um, with lots of action, solid effects, and a story you don't have to be a comic comics fan to follow, Black Adam is one of the best DC movies to date. That is not true. And I don't even know all the movies that are there, but I know that that cannot be true. Anyway, um, I definitely said I did not like this film because I don't. Um, yeah, my, uh, like I said, the 15 minutes that my hoodie saw when he walked in as I was watching, uh, watching on HBO Max, he rolled his eyes like two or three times. Now, how, if you got to roll your eyes two or three times in 15 minutes, come on. Now, mind you, he is a little bit of a snob, but like, let's be for real. Let's be for real. Anyway, um... Is there anything else I want to say about this film? Yeah, there was a whole lot of property damage done to this uh, clearly low-income town. And I don't love, like, the, the conversation about save it, the U.S. being saviors and whatnot, even though Pierce Brosnan, did he have an accent? Pierce Brosnan is, is from Europe. I, but you still assume, though, that the Justice Society is from the United States or Western powers or whatever. And so you, there was this really great conversation to be had about Western powers swooping in, being Captain Sabahoe and not really doing much saving and doing a whole lot of damage as evidenced by all of the damage that, um, what is it? Uh, what, what Adam split or what, what that boy name? It do not matter. Anyway, the, the little, the, the guy that was the, supposed to be Ant-Man or whatever. Um, anyway, like as evidenced by all the, ev the, the damage he was doing, the fact that Black Adam too, by the way, was just like busting through doors and stuff, even though he was co from Kondok 
it was still a total disregard for the property and the people who were in this small, very low income, clearly poor town in this uh, non-Western country, right? And so there was a huge conversation to be had. It just fell flat. Um, and then, and what I did not like is that of all the things that this person could be, the big bad who happens to be brown turns into a demon. It's not a good look. Probably could have had, could have done, could have hit this a little bit differently. You know what I mean? Could have, could have come at this a little bit better. Um, what else? It was too long. Like you didn't even flesh out the story. Like how are you going to start half of the story in the beginning and then go back an hour later and tell the rest of the story? Like you could have did this in an hour and 45 and not only that, but you could have trimmed the fat because let's be for real. Um, while the backstory of the big bad was important, we didn't need nearly as much of that backstory as we got. Also, a lot of the gratuitous fighting and the back and forth between Hawkman and uh, Black Adam, unnecessary. We could have got that in two scenes and called it. Um, yeah, it was a lot of gratuitous violence for violence sake. It was entertaining, but like it was boring as all get out. I would not have been, I would have sat through it in a theater, but I would have felt all two hours and five minutes. I watched this over a day or two, so it didn't feel as long as it was. But nevertheless, I would have felt the two hours and five minutes had I been in a theater for me. It was not a good film for me, um, but it was something that I wanted to watch because I was curious to see how it did. I don't consider it to be a box office flop. It looks like it. It appears as though it made back its money, but then, I'm not, again, I'm not in the industry, so we talk about marketing and things like that. It literally did say between 100... It gave a range of what the budget is. What did it say? Uh, well, now I'm missing it. It was like between... Yeah, yeah, it's one nine, between 190 and 260 million, and the box office to date is 391.2 million. Who knows, maybe there's more money that was put into marketing um, that it cut into that profit. And so maybe it just, it's breaking even at this point. Um, I really don't know, but it looked like it made money to me. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about that thing. But anyway, it was an interesting watch. If you love DC, maybe you'll enjoy this film. I just didn't. Um, although it was entertaining and, and some of the actors, it was, it was, like I said, there were some conversations that were, should have been explored a little bit better, but they weren't. Um, but nevertheless, it was entertaining. I did love the fact that there were a lot of brown actors that are in this thing, very few white actors. Um, so you gotta love that. Um, and it seems as if there were a lot of brown writers behind the behind the scenes it's just unfortunately the bag that they were writing in was a very western bag um yes they tried to have the conversation about western influence and trying to be captain save but it just didn't just didn't it fell kind of flat to me it just didn't work out for me anyway that's that on that um i'm gonna try to watch something good uh going forward because that's stuck Nevertheless, I am preparing to have Christmas in Louisiana. So um, I was glad, although I was sad to hear that there was a tornado that just came through 
um, where my people are going to be. Um, I'm glad that none of my folks were deeply impacted because I have people in both New Orleans and I've got people in um, uh, northern Louisiana in the areas that have the tornadoes, both of the areas in, in Louisiana that have the tornadoes. Um, but a lot of people are okay, so we're going to go celebrate um, and spend time with each other because it's just a good idea, and I'm excited for that. I may record while I'm there. I may not. It, it really all depends. But um, how, if however you celebrate, um, I'm still in, as I'm learning more about my own faith and engaging with other faith scholars as part of my um, program um, that I'm in, or the fellowship that I'm in. Um, I do want to take a moment to say Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, um, and blessed nuptials to all of the, um, anybody who might be a practicing Muslim who, in, in lieu of celebrating any of these uh, holidays that you are, this is what I learned that um, a lot of Muslim faith, or a lot of people of the Muslim faith, they have weddings in December. And so congratulations to that. What a time to get married, actually. Magical. Hopefully the weather it behaves for you. Also, happy Kwanzaa to everyone who celebrates. Um, I'm going to be partaking in those activities once I get back. Um, be safe. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the company you keep. I pray that you are going to spend time with people that you actually care about. Um, or, and that actually care about you is what I really meant to say. Um, also, I know of three people, three families, and their friends and friend groups who are impacted by loss in the last week. I will tell you now, the holiday blues is real. And even if the loss that you're experiencing of, of a loved one was, was months ago, I know the holidays are hard for a lot of us for different reasons. And so it's important that you honor those feelings, that you take care of yourself, that you name a thing a thing, that you breathe, take breaks when you need to, ask for help when you need to. We need you. We need you. You're the only you we got. And I know it can be difficult sometimes, but reach out for help and take it one step at a time. Nobody's asking you to run. And if they are, ignore them. You walk at your own pace because you're the only you we got. I appreciate you. Enjoy yourself this holiday season. I will be back next week with an episode. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Until next time.